Welcome to the MandoCast, Star Wars Reports podcast, where I discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus with a weekly rotating guest. I am your host, Michael Morris, and with me this week is Mark Newbold. What's going on, man? I'm good. I'm I'm currently rotating at the moment. I'm feeling a bit dizzy, but apart from that, I'm very well. <laughs> okay, when I said try spinning, that I didn't. I didn't actually mean. Ah. <laughs> I, I tried spinning it to just wore me out. I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's a good trick. <laughs> oh, I know people are probably like, "Yeah, yeah, you've told that joke before." I like it. <laughs> That's one actually, you know, we were talking about the sequel trilogy earlier. I I wanted yeah. to do it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, as savvy with a lot of the editing and stuff, but I want someone to go back to Force Awakens where he's like, "Show me again, grandfather," you know, and uh basically then have Anakin saying, you should try spinning. That's a good trick. And then like, <laughs> then cut back to him in, uh, 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 the last Jedi, like where he's actually does like the spin or whatever. Yeah. That's out of, like I said, it's, that would be for no one but me, but I, I think it'd be funny. <laughs> uh, if you can make yourself laugh, you're halfway there. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. You probably have, have you seen the one where they basically did, uh, a new hope, but then they dubbed uh, all of not Hayden Christian. Now I can't think of it. Jake Lloyd's all of his lines in no, for Vader. No, no, oh, no, no. I would love, I want to see that, and I've never even heard of it till three seconds ago. I want to see it. It's you will cry like laughing. It is so funny because he's like you know he's saying stuff, and a lot of times you know where like child Anakin's being all uh cocky and everything and stuff but it's like vader the whole time he's like i'm the only one who can do it <laughs> you know and it's just <laughs> it is so funny it is so so funny i'm so, looking out for that yeah i'm totally looking out for that yeah so i think it's called uh, something like uh a new hope but with child anakin or something you could type the i'm sure anyone who wants to find it can find it fairly easily on uh, uh on youtube but uh we're not here to talk about child Anakin. We're to talk about uh, chapter fifteen of the Mandalorian, the Believer. What What was your thoughts on this one? Oh, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed season two from from top to bottom, pretty pretty much so far. Because I think coming into it, season one did so well and caught so many people's attention, and obviously it was the the big pull for Disney Plus. And then we start hearing all the rumors of. Oh, Ahsoka's going to be in this season, and this character's going to be in, that character's going to be in. And, and you suddenly thought, well, they've gone from being this sort of rootsy, boots on the ground, sort of gutter-level Star Wars, which has been really interesting, as opposed to all the, the grandness of, you know, the, the prequels and, and, and all, you know, all this stuff we've seen before, to, to then think, oh, they're going to blow it, they're going to try and be too clever, they've got this toy box that can pull any figure and character and ship in that they want, is it going to work? And then pretty much absolutely has all the way through to chapter 15, which has worked so well. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. And this episode, I wasn't sure what what the tone would be, how it would come over. Because last year, Rick Famuyiwa did the episode. I think he did the seventh episode as well then. He did a couple last season, if you remember. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but this one he wrote and directed it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, what he's he's got the keys to the kingdom on this one. And then to do this proper little action, it reminded me of Solo. It, it felt like an episode, you know, like the, the, the train heist, the convoy X-Chase on yeah. Solo was like beautiful action sequence. This felt like 
a TV episode with that kind of vibe. It wasn't because obviously you know you haven't got you haven't got the same sort of things going on. But it just had that tone to me, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously we'll get into it. But I really enjoyed this one. It put a big smile on my face, especially after all the crazy news yesterday with all those announcements. And then this could have got lost in the mix a little bit. Right, and it really didn't. It was brilliant. Right. Well, I, man, I, and I I liked both of uh, Rick Famuyiwa's episodes from last season. I think I, I think he's a, a solid director, and I, I think mm. that he does what he's supposed to, and I think that's why, you know, like those other episodes didn't, especially like that second episode just didn't get as much talk as, you know, some of the others, but like I think he's, I think he's very solid, and, you know, yeah. like, as far as like all these series and everything and you know if they're needing people who can do stuff and everything like like i think he's really shown that he he can do the work i think i think when the show's finished however far down the line that is i wouldn't at all be surprised if when you look back you go do you know who directed the most episodes yeah it was actually rick Pamiera. yeah he'll be the guy that you'll go blimey directed 12 episodes of mandalorian or whatever it is you know he'll be the guy because like you say he can do you know he can do everything in mm-hmm. terms of character, action, yeah, he's he seems to be like he likes the movement, the kinetic thing. He he's got that about it as well, you right. know, moving things on in plot as well as in in visually in action. So yeah, he's he's going to become their sort of go to guy, I think. Yeah, and he doesn't just show, you know, dead uh, husks of Jawas. He actually shows the Jawas getting blasted, and that's really important. If that's your thing. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying, man. You know, we we saw them and they were alive, and then they were were dead in, in a New Hope. But now we actually, you know, we see how they turn into the little rags of. <laughs> Blimey, yeah, that's yeah. no kidding. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, like I said, I, I I've really uh, enjoyed his work, and, and like you were talking about with this one, I I actually, you know, they they kind of have that twist there toward the end that I really really liked but they'd been building toward it the entire time you know uh, specifically with uh, Miggs um, Mayfield uh, uh, oh gosh now I'm blanking uh, um, Bill Burr's character Bill Burr. yeah. yeah you know I, I like they, they turned me around on like I, th- I thought it was pretty good and I'm like yeah you know they were they were saying it the whole time you yeah know? and uh, yeah I, like, yeah, I definitely want to go back to that season one episode mm-hmm. uh, on, on on the prison ship and and watch that again because I feel like now this show is so clever in in forward planning and seeding things that he wasn't he was just an arrogant you know whatever you want to call him on a family right. friendly podcast kind <laughs> of character and then you come to this one and well we'll, we'll talk about it you know completely turned me around on the character and actually really enjoyed that character and bill burr's performance as well mm-hmm. very relatable very real you know yeah. i really like the conversational vibe of it you know i just really like the whole performance it uh, and to get to the end well we'll get we'll get we'll get there in a bit but um, yeah, yeah. the ending satisfied me immensely yeah yeah it's uh, yeah it, it's really good like i said he, he definitely is not because you know especially in that that first season he he felt like a you know, m- more of your stereotypical, you know, kind of a, a skin deep character. But yeah, this one, they really explore him more and you see there's, there's so much more going on with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like you say, they could have easily stuck to the trope. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at season one and you think, well, um, 
and I always blank on his name in the Gunslinger, the the cocky. Oh gosh, no, I can't think of his name now either. But yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, Toro Calican. That was yeah, Toro. Um, you know his his character. You think well. Is there going to be more to him than just trying to, you know, a wannabe Han Solo? And they even sort of put him in the same booth. He's got his feet up. He's being cocky. And, and you realise that he didn't really know that much. But then he, he kind of knew enough to get out of it with Fennec. Mm-hmm. Of course, that, you know, there's, there's been a, a advancements there. You know, and right. then at the end of it, he gets blown away by, by Mando at the end. And it's like, oh, actually, you were way out of your depth. You, you, right. you weren't as good as you thought you were. Yeah. Um, and with Mayfeld, it's, you know, in that first episode, the, the, the fifth episode, uh, no, sorry, the sixth episode, the following episode. You know, he's he, the prison ship stuff. You know, you're thinking the same again. Oh, he's cocky guy. He's gobby. You know, he can clearly handle himself, but he'll he'll back out when he's in a pinch. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's elements of that in this when he's you know when he b- bumps into his superior officer and he, he suddenly his nerve goes for a second. And Rando right. has to do what he has to do, which I loved. You know, um, another great performance there. Um, but yeah, it's just adding meat to the bone on these characters. You know, yeah, yeah. you look at them as archetypes when you first meet them, and then you get a little bit in, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's actually more going on here than than first viewing might, you know, might give away. Uh, they're definitely doing that with Fett. I'm loving what they're doing with Fett at the moment. Completely unexpected. Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, I I was very pleased to see that his armor, you know, seemed to fit a lot better uh, this episode. Mm. Yes. Yeah. There was a few. There was a few. Uh, a few things knocking around last week, wasn't there, about right. that dad bod fet and all that sort of stuff. But uh, you know, he's. You don't know what being in a solar pit does to you. Plus, you know, it is a few years on. I know I was certainly right. a lot slimmer five years ago than I am now, uh, and I'm not a Mandalorian. So, um, yeah, I, that was that was fine. I mean, yeah, the paint job was a bit. <laughs> I think even online, even some of the sort of the Mando mercs have been like, mm, that's an odd choice for a paint job. Yeah. But but you've got to imagine. You look at Django's armor, and that was that was pristine, wasn't it? Django's armor was yeah. was kind of more like um, Din Jaren's armor yeah. than Boba's armor, you know, in terms of you know being obviously well presented and such. Mm-hmm. Um, Boba obviously just wasn't wired that way. He wasn't fussed if he got scuffs and scratches. But but now, like you say, he's had the chance to powder coat it and make it look a bit more like it. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's cool. And I bet Hasbro were really pleased as well because that's another figure they can sell. Oh, absolutely. And true, I want my uh, Fennec Shand figure now. You know? Oh, totally. Yeah, and how, totally. Her, and how cool her, character, her character's just come out of, completely come out of nowhere in a way and just been like, yeah, yeah. Because they can't use Sam Wessel because Sam Wessel died in the Attack of the Clones. Like, well, we've got Fennec Shand instead. It's all good. Yeah, but how cool would it be? Hasbro, I know you're not listening, but I'm going to pretend you are. <laughs> Give me a Fennec Shand that has, like, you know, you can basically just pull that little, um, uh, what do you call it? Not shawl, but uh, whatever, you know, like that little torso mm. piece or whatever away, you know, and see, yes. like, those little inner workings. That would be awesome, you know, <laughs> like, that would be so cool. Um, I'm just. I just want to know if, if the rest of us like that. It, it was. Did Mando? Uh, sorry. Did Fett fix her midriff using mechanics and mm-hmm. sort of patch her up like Luke's hand was patched up in Empire, or is she like Guri from Shadows of the Empire and she's all mechanical? Because and my, I say that because when you watch the Bad Batch sizzle trailer uh-huh. from the Disney thing the other night, it very very much looks like that's Fennec Shand. So unless she's from a long lived humanoid race uh-huh. and. You know, because that's like 30 years before, near enough. Right. You know, unless she's from a race like that. But of course you could be, because Ming-Na Wen is, is about my age, she's about 50. So she could be 
20 and she could be Sabine's age in the Clone right. Wars or Bad right. Batch. So it's quite feasible it's the same character and she's human. But I've got I've got this little sneaky suspicion that she's not all human, that she's, like you say, like one of these synthetic sort of droid characters. Yeah, very so, possible. Yeah, yeah. We'll say, we'll say, yeah. But, I mean, then again, we, we know that unless you are under Tatooine Suns, you... Uh, you age really, really well. <laughs> you know that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. Katie Sackhoff, yeah. you know, looks great for to be like in her late fifties, is what I think. Uh, Satine's yeah. supposed to be in that, you know, whereas like Katie, I think is like forty. So you know, she's yeah. uh, you know she looks a good bit younger. Um, and I'm not complaining about it, you know. But you know, it's just funny because then you look at uh, like Alec Guinness, who's supposed to be like fifty <laughs> in, in a New Hope, and you're like, oh. The Tatooine sons are are not been kind. <laughs> Merciless, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really liking that character. Uh, I think she's got a great design. You know, like she has those little. I, again, I can't think. I'm I'm not a, a style person. But, you know, she has those flaps with almost like those sort of red uh, chevrons or whatever on them. That you know, it's just like slight. Um, Details, like but yeah, 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 but it looks cool. Like I, I really yeah. like it, and you know, I like that. You know, immediately when we see them step out, and they don't shoot, but all of a sudden the the trooper, you know, gets uh, popped, and you're like, what? And then you see her, you know, with the scope, and you're like, ah, okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Know, so yeah, yeah. That's they're they're really starting to build you know, some, some good characters. Cause you know, for a while it was just basically the, you know, the Mando and baby Yoda show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and of course this is the first episode where we didn't set eyes on Grogu. We've got to get used to saying that. Didn't set eyes on him at all. Did we? He right. wasn't in it. Yeah. Apart from the recap in the beginning. Right. You, know, you didn't see him in the episode. So which was kind of, uh, kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes the, the thought is, would this show work if without, without the kid, you know? Right. And, and this episode, I mean, he's still, it's the search for Spock, isn't it? He's the central character without right. being in it, you know, because they're all hunting for him. But nevertheless, it's like, yeah, actually, can't, it, can't, it would work. You could, you could do it. But um, he's still the focal point of what everything's, you know, everything surrounding him, you know, is, is the thing that they're chasing. He's the, the MacGuffin. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or and the McClunky. <laughs> the McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um... So yeah, and it's, I, I yeah, I, th- I think it's great, and and I think that it is, you know, I, I will say that you know I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, this episode is a, a filler episode. I'm like, it's nah. it's not though. Like I, I mean, I get that it's not. I, no, I really don't. No, I feel like it's 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 pretty much on par with like, okay, hey, we're we've got to get from A to B, but you know, there's you know, there's a point one and or whatever yeah. along the way you know like it's you know in, in a heist film like you have to it, you know you can't just go rob the casino you got to get the crew together you gotta you know get all this yeah. like it's you gotta build there you can't just move straight to that so you know i i, I don't know I'm, I'm just wondering if people are saying that because we're not seeing grogu Maybe I mean this was satisfying in the sense of exactly what you just said. It's you know it's if they if they just go and well somebody said online a friend of mine said online I, I, it wouldn't bother me one bit if they didn't rescue Grogu at the end of season two and season three really was you know hunting him down chasing him right. down trying to get him back and all these things are happening whilst they're trying to get him back and there's no real sense of time in Mandalorian because you know 
you see Mayfeld and it's like, wow, long time no see. You know, whereas for us to be thinking, was only last year. Yeah, but, but yeah, you yeah. know, you, you, even though Mandalorian started, you know, the first ep- first chapter, I should say, was what five years after Jedi, I think. Yeah, I don't really know how far after Jedi we are now. It could be. I know we're only thirteen, what fifteen episodes in, but I think we could be eighteen months, two years down the line. I really do think that there could be some sizable time gaps. Some episodes feel like they're running bumper to bumper, but others, I think, you could conceivably say. Oh, this is quite a bit later because mm-hmm. um, they've not really nailed it down, and you know that's not their style anymore. Yeah, there's the, the old days they'd, they'd kind of give you a good sense of the chronology, but they don't now because I think there's a publishing program coming in, and and it's easy to go. Well, this book is set during episode, you know, chapters six and seven, or whatever it might be. Right. Um, so I think there's there's that as well. But uh, yeah, I I like. I mean, last week when they went to Tython. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love seeing Fett again. That was a great episode. Really was a great episode. And numerous friends were getting in touch, sort of got, almost choked up about. I can't believe we've just seen Boba Fett again. I can't believe we've just seen Slave One again. Right. You know, big, 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 big deal. Mm-hmm. I think uh, to a lot of people. Certainly was to me. I was out of my seat. I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, I, I was absolutely out of my seat. <laughs> but but Tython being where it is on the map in the center of the galaxy, I thought, well, that they're not just going to fly to Tython. That's that's a journey because you get the sense they're pretty much always on the outer rim. Mm-hmm. You know, so to go all the way into the interior, because I've said for ages, I want to see Mando on Coruscant, and Tython is not that on the map, not that far south of right. Coruscant. It's right in the middle, and then they just rock up in the next episode, and it's <laughs> right, just right. another planet, and you know what I mean. And it, it was a little bit that that part of it, you know, the geography of it was quite underwhelming, part right. of the sort of the Stonehenge area of the stones and such mm-hmm. um so that that frustrated me and i thought getting to Tython would be a bigger deal and it wasn't it was just bang because right hyperspace now seems to be might as well be instantaneous that there's no sense of having to travel anywhere it's like well we'll leave here and we'll arrive there once i've made a you know a pot of coffee sort of thing Mm-hmm. Um, which never used to feel like that in Star Wars. We always felt like you, you had to work to get somewhere, you know, yeah. going down hyperspace routes, taking sneaky routes, avoiding supernovas, all the stuff you heard in the original film. Um, but this one, having to do what they did to get the code to then mm-hmm. figure out where the ship is, and all the things they had to go through, the hoops they had to jump through. In this one, it's like, that ain't a filler. That's that's making it work for it. Right. I want to see them work yeah. for it. I don't want it to be easy. Right. So, Yeah. Yeah. And look, it, it, it doesn't. At the end of the day, they're always going to travel at the speed of plot. Uh, well said. I, like that. I remember that. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's. Uh, I think. I think somebody said that. Someone said like, "What? What's? How fast is uh, the hyperspace?" And I, I want to say George Lucas said like, "Speed of plot" or something like that. But yeah. I, I don't know. I may have just dreamed that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you should claim that one because I'm going to use that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, another thing is, like, um, you know, we're seeing stuff from the video games and everything, and it's probably not, uh, you know, what um, where this is from, but I loved the scrapyard because it reminded me of the old, um, for N64, the Shadows of the Empire. You actually fight uh, IG-88 in oh, yeah. a scrapyard on uh, Ord Mandel. Is that yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so you know it kind of it kind of had that feel for me so i was like oh that's kind of cool and then you know they show that one droid they for whatever reason they only show it from like the waist up or whatever and i'm like is that a, is that a k2 droid is that a k2 droid and it like it just looked like they threw a new head on a on a uh, k2 droid you know and they're like ah this for the you know it's a a republic droid now 
Yeah, yeah, I, I did notice that because he was holding that sort of metal that metal rod, and it looked a bit like the th- the the rod that two one B had the figure, the action figure of two one B had that little, obviously like a medical probe, yeah, uh, in his hand, which I thought ah that's that's neat because they've kind of worked in like they brought Andrew Lackbar's staff into into Clone Wars, I think, uh-huh. you know, or whichever whichever episode it was or whatever show it was, you know, little things that they brought in from the toys, right? I keep waiting for all the mini rigs to turn up. But but this yeah. yeah I did notice that the legs had a very sort of K two sort of feel and yeah yeah and the planet I mean it, it was a bit like there was a, a salvage world in uh, Fallen Order as well which had kind of that vibe and, and going way back to Droid World mm-hmm. you know the old Marvel thing that they turned into an audio book you know just junk and scrap was droids I was supposed to ships but it just had that abandoned right uh, and what was the planet they found um, Maul on in Clone Wars as well. Um, oh. I forget what planet, but that was a great. That was just wreckage, mountains of trash and rubbish, you know. So it had. It's definitely there's plenty of planets around the galaxy that are just dumping grounds, uh, and this feels like one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I'm trying to think now. Um, what? Because yeah, it's like if you hadn't asked, like I, I, I would have known. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was it uh, Lotho? Maybe. Oh, could be Lotho. Yeah, could be. Could be. We'll have to. We'll have to research. We'll yeah, 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 yeah. So it was a junk world. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, Lotho Minor. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's so fun. Like you said, seeing those things and like I kind of wonder if that's not a a Dave thing um, because I, I know he's uh, he's kind of had a thing for some of the toys and stuff you yeah. know in the past and sort of uh, you know putting some in. Uh, you know, into some of the shows and everything. So th- I wouldn't be a bit surprised at all if, if he's like, oh, yeah, I remember this from the toy, but it wasn't, it never existed. Let's, let's kind of stick that in there, you know? Um, so I, I don't know, but it, I, it was definitely cool. Um, and then of course we, we've got uh, Cara Dune back, which is great. I, I think she's really, really, um, you know, coming into the role a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was a little bit concerned in that that first episode. She fe- she felt to me she just felt a little uncomfortable, like a little stiff, you know. And pretty much like every episode since then, she's really just, you know, she's she's pretty much like nailed the the character. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I, I like the tweak on the character, you know, plot wise, you know, mm-hmm. not no tweak that they've made or she's made, but just what's happened to the character in the sense of now she's a marshal, right? You know, when he went back to Navarro and you know she's she's the marshal of the town and was not messing around with those Aquilish where the coven used to be and stuff like that, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it, that that was a neat twist, and then now becoming a New Republic marshal, essentially being given a sheriff's badge, right? You know, and she's yeah. completely buying into that as well. Yeah, you know, because that gives her more latitude to do a job, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, and again in this, you know, she has she has enough latitude, um, you know, to say, mm, shame Mayfeld didn't make it, isn't it? You know, right. where yeah. at the beginning when he's just they're just giving each other uh, little zingers, her and Mayfeld, right. uh, and he does such a good job, he completely earns his his freedom in that sense, and she's got the latitude to do the inverted commas the right thing. Mm-hmm. Even though that might come back and bite him on the backside, because I'm sure if somebody came along and offered him enough credits, he'd, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd swing the other way. Um, but to, yeah, no, I, I do like that. I, I like I like the character and I like her in it. Um, mm-hmm. She suits it. It's got it's again. It goes back to season one. It's got that 80s action movie 
you know, action movie vibe. I keep waiting for Dolph Lundgren to turn up in a role. It's that kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. <or> Chuck Norris <laughs> as a gangster or something. You know, it's, it's got that feel about it, which I think works really well. It's not, it's not a testosterone-led show. There's right. nothing testosterone-y about The Mandalorian in a weird way, uh-huh. even though on the face of it you think, oh, this is, you know, this feels like a show that should have been written in the 90s. It's got that, that <laughs> you know, that, that sort of vibe, that if you look at it on, on paper, right. it's got that about it. But in, in in reality, with the performances and just the production and everything, it's totally not. So it's a clever show, clever, clever show. Yeah, yeah, it's... Like I said, I, I'm really enjoying. It. I, I'm I'm loving all of these these characters that um, you know that they're pulling up. And although I, you know, I have a lot of people asking like, oh, like who do you think's gonna die in the last episode? I'm like, oh my god, I, I really feel like Walking Dead and Game of Thrones has kind of ruined us as as an audience because mm. you know everyone thinks now that like you watch shows and you watch to see who's who's gonna die. You know, like, like kind of like, okay, who's gonna die? Who's gonna be? Pre-? It's like, hmm, you know, I feel yeah. like that a lot of the fan, you know, as fans start like falling off and getting upset with those shows and everything, is a direct result to you know being too much killing of your your characters. I think that you know, it's you don't. Everybody doesn't have to die. <laughs> like you can show stakes without killing everybody. So I'm. You know, I'm I'm hoping that because I think that right now, like, I, I don't think that anybody needs to die in the next episode. Like, I, I think that, you know, the roster is starting to kind of get a little bit bigger and that you can, mm. you know, you could maybe kill somebody off like next season or something. But like, I, I, I don't think that you, you kill anybody. Like, I think that everybody is, they're not established enough to you know, to really earn that. And, you know, that's a good point. That's a really good point because I think last season, because we said this on Fanta, you know, that there is an element of at some juncture, they've sat down and gone, well, we don't want people to get too confident and comfortable with these characters. You know, we always Mm -hmm. want the peril and we we don't want them to think that everyone's going to be Teflon and and bounce away from every situation because that can get tiresome in its own way. You know, Um, you can only have so much luck. Um, and but by the same token, you don't want to become that show where, like you just said, you know, oh, who's going to die this week, or who's right. going to die this season, or or whatever. It doesn't need to be that. But then the one thing they did so well in season one was when Quill died, mm-hmm. and and you th- and at the end of episode seven, or chapter seven, and he thought, is he alive? Is he made it? Is he made it? And no, the next the next scene is the Dobby on the beach scene when they buried him, you know, yeah. and putting the body down. Um, and so wow, did not see that coming. That right. was quite a shock. And last week with the razor's edge, oh, the razor's edge, ATDC, <laughs> with the razor crest, um, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, when the crest got blown, so I, I mean, that I, that was another moment completely out of my seat, shouting naughty words that I shouldn't shout at oh, yeah, eight yeah. o'clock in the morning. Couldn't believe that. Not just because I'm buying one. Yeah, exactly. that was the same <laughs> but, way. You know, I'm like, no, yeah. my pre-order. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, never said that. Funny enough, when I watched Return of the Jedi and they blew the sail barge up. But there you go. Um, yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, so the show's got that about it. That you know, don't get too comfortable. And right. also, I think it goes right back to the DNA of the show, calling it the Mandalorian, which is a great title for a show, anyway. Right. But the Mandalorian could the Mandalorian could just as easily, you know, Din Jaren got killed in next episode. 
and we all we're all like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And Boba Fett becomes the focal character, or Sabine became the focal character, or Bo Katan became the focal. It's still we call the Mandalorian, right? You know what I mean? So they've they've got that sort of fallback position if they want to change things up or whatever they want to do. But totally agree, yeah. That if they, I don't think anybody needs to die mm-hmm. in in the next episode because, like you say, last year we had. Chapter seven was Quill. Chapter eight was IG eleven. Mm-hmm. No, but we cared. Along with the answer yeah. to your point is that you actually gave a crap about both of those right. characters, so it actually meant something. And you would if anybody went in this one. You know, I didn't think Mayfeld would get out of this episode. I was convinced as right. soon as he made his decision to throw his lot in with Mando. I thought, well, oh, he's done. Yeah, yeah, it's classic, right. classic, classic thing, isn't it? He's going to get shot in the back and die a hero's death. And, it, and he got away. I was like, I'm so nice to see him get away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good ending you know for now right right but i mean i i could see you know later him showing up and you know him trying to do right and and maybe that costing him or whatever and i think that would be great but i just i don't know for me i'm like don't don't be so quick to pull the trigger you know i'm not against character deaths but i think that a lot of times they get to you know too quick about pulling the trigger and and honestly i think that like with ig11 i think that was too quick i think that um, I think it would have been better. I mean, I get what they were, were doing, but I actually think that it would have been better to have him, uh, on and, and maybe have something like that. Like, you know, like maybe he could have died, you know, with the, the razor crest or something like that. You know, I don't know. I just, to me, I, I, I think that, you know, it's just a little bit more time to breathe with, um, you know some of the the uh, mm. character decisions and stuff like that because they, it's like oh he's back okay yeah like this is established this is what's going on and boom you know he he has to blow himself up and I'm like huh I mean like they like they definitely made you feel it and and you know I'm not saying that it, it wasn't earned or anything but I do think that um you know like I said just for me personally I, I think that you know just a little bit slower burn on that might have been better but mm. you know. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of times, too, I, I can be more of a, you know, I enjoy slower burns. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, like, Brandon Sanderson, who, you know, he, he doesn't write a book if it's not a thousand pages. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, I, a lot of times I, I really appreciate that more. Um, but, you know, not everybody's like that. I know a lot of people are like, just get to it already. And I'm like, like <laughs> you gotta appreciate it so um but yeah and we see another thing too i'm always questioning i'm like okay am i just not really a good enough star wars fan or is this brand new uh you know like with <laughs> they had the planet uh morak and i'm like i don't recall morak ever being a thing it rang a bell I- i've got to say when i heard the name it was like that but then I thought back, I thought, well, actually, didn't they go to a planet called Morag in Guardians of the Galaxy? And I'm thinking maybe that's where I'm thinking of it. That was where the name was It was in my head, and I'm thinking maybe that's the planet I was thinking of. As it was, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm crossing franchises. But it did feel like somewhere that we'd been before. But then I don't I don't believe we have. I think it is completely new. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But in, interesting interesting location. And, and the thought that, you know, we've seen a few sort of imperial installations this season as the remnant are sort of cropping up slowly as you know, and Gideon keeps doing his things. And here's another one, you know. And I love I love the reveal of the 
you know, when, when Mayfeld says about where it is and we need to go there to get this code and such and such. Yeah. And and there's, there's that sort of, they're all sort of looking at him like, are you pulling a fast one here? And then right. Fett's the one that brings up the map and goes, look, there it is. You know? Right. And it's all there exactly as he said. You know, it's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's good. You know, he's, he's at least he's at this point of the story holding his end of the bargain. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah like that whole thing was great and you know of course we see and i I did recognize i'm like oh juggernaut that's awesome (laughs) you know which we yeah you know first showed up in revenge of the sith and then we also got it back in rogue one so um you know it's it's definitely cool to see that and it's it's such a fun because it's basically it's like i don't know it's like an imperial version of a, a sand crawler but faster <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought it was a slightly different design it's certainly in that in that lineage and yeah i, I think some people i mean the, the one we remember the best is uh-huh. probably probably on kashik and sith isn't it right um, but yeah. i think the original sort of six wheeled design i think was done for empire that never got used and i think they pulled it back out for sith and then you see it again in um rogue one at the beginning don't you okay um, i i actually did not realize that but that's awesome yeah so mm-hmm. so this is slightly different i think we We've done a little bit of a dig, and there's something similar to this one. Not not exactly the same, but not a million miles away in West End Games era, mm-hmm. um, which, which again, feels very much like an influence on the whole of The Mandalorian, if you look at some of that old early early Doors stuff. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're very clever in, like you said about pulling in stuff from the, you know, the toy era that Filoni likes to do, like he did when he saw, like, Snaggletooth and Greedo in his green outfit and all that stuff. Yeah. In the... Uh, it was Clone Wars, wasn't it? Um, you know, things like that it was is a neat little nod to make them canon. Uh, and th- this feels the same. Yeah, I, I love this vehicle. I thought the design of it was fantastic. And like I say, it was it was it, there was bits of it where you know when you used to watch old cop movies and they uh-huh. try and or, or Knight Rider and they try and convey speed by cleverly moving the camera, but you actually knew that they were doing about thirty miles an hour, but they were trying to fool you into thinking they were doing sixty. There was there was almost a, an element of that in this, right? When, if they wanted to show them doing 600 miles an hour like speeder bikes, they could because they're in the volume and, and stagecraft. And, but it still had that, it was, you know, you thought they're doing about 40 miles an hour here. Mm-hmm. That's about as fast as they're going. And I kind of really like that. Of course, it was all tied in with the Rhydonium and not like the coaxium in Solo. They didn't want right. to go to get too hot. So they're trying to keep it to a level. So it was, it was the, you know, you can't, can't it was the, the reverse version of speed. You can't go below 55. This was like, don't go above 55. The right. whole thing will blow up. So it was, there was that about it, which I liked. It just gave it some sort of plot logic, which such I, as it is. Which I want to say that's, and this, I may be totally wrong on this, but I, I swear it, that that's something I want to say that's kind of been done in Westerns before. Mm. Um, I want to say there was something where they had, you know, because I want to say there was like uh, the wagons were carrying, um, oh God, what do you call it? Um, nitrogen? Or something yeah. like a, you yeah. know, like like basically like explosives or whatever, yeah. And so the, and they were getting raided and they couldn't, um, you know, the, obviously like they had to like okay, well we we got to kind of get away from them, but if we start going too fast, you know, the cart's going to start bumping and you know it's going to explode or whatever. So I, I don't know. I I, I could have swore I saw that in a western once, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, they call their influences in from everywhere, though, don't they? Right. You know, it probably was something you saw on on a Saturday morning as a kid. Yeah, like, you know that that Feloni or Favreau would have seen. So like, oh, we can use that. That's something we can we can riff off. 
Right, right. I, I've never been a big Western. Like, my dad is, I mean, he's watched, like, every single Western ever. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> I, I could have sworn that was something in one of them that he, you know, as a kid, something he was watching or whatever. But I don't know. But I, I really loved what they did here. Because this, I mean, I guess you could kind of say it's heavy-handed. But, you know, they really lay that groundwork with what Mayfeld's trying to say, you know, like like you roll up and they they explain that, you know, oh, hey, you know, we're invaders. Like to them, it doesn't matter if it's Empire or, yeah. um, you know, New Republic, whatever. They're still, you know, they're basically being oppressed because then, you know, they they sort of flip everything. And this was when I was like, wait, ooh, this is interesting. Like what's going on here? You know, when all of the juggernauts just start blowing up like just completely not a part of the plan. Um, and so of course he has to take out these pirates and everything. And, and I said to my wife, I'm like, he's killing good guys, you know, yeah. like, like these are yeah. obviously these pirates are people who, cause they're, they're not trying to steal it. They're trying to blow them up. And yeah. you know, it's like these are people who their home world has, uh, you know, been invaded and, and occupied and they want the empire gone and, and they're sort of, you know, uh, like freedom fighters and Mando's just killing them, <laughs> you know? And so it, it really plays with like what Mayfield's talking about of saying that like, you know, yeah, you see me as this, you know, slimy, you know, I'm the bad guy, you're the good guy or whatever, but like we're a lot closer than, than you think we are. And, and as yeah. it starts you know, as, as the episode moves on, I think they really do show, you know, the, the compromises that uh, Mando's willing to make, whereas, you know, there's compromises like to his, um, uh, you know, definitely to his, his uh, or not to his benefit that Mayfeld's, you know, not willing to make, you know. Well, Mayfeld, when, he, you know, he... As the episode went on, uh-huh. and I said to my wife, I was watching with Ruth, and I said, you know, is it just me, or do you think he's almost got, to a degree, a, an element of post-traumatic stress? Yeah. And then he has the conversation with the his, his former commanding officer, and yeah. it became very clear that he'd seen stuff he couldn't get past. Right. And, and yes. his whole line about, you know, as long as you can get to sleep at night, then you're ahead of the game sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that guy kills five or 10,000 people he doesn't even remember and doesn't think twice about it. Yeah. And Mayfeld's like, I was a part of that slaughter and I, I can't reconcile that at all. And and I totally picked up on the same as you did, you know, where you look at it on the face of it, you go, Raiders, you know, like, like you know, Emphis Nest's crew trying yeah. to take the coaxium. It's like, no, these are, these, are, these are people trying to get the Empire off their planet. And Mando and Mayfeld are both, to them, they're Imperial, right. you know, cargo drivers or whatever they are. Uh, and they're trying to, they're not trying to steal it. They're trying to destroy it because right. if, if it's too much hassle to be there to mine it or, or get it from A to B, because obviously it's difficult to transport, then they're hoping that they'll just bug out and go and they can have the planet back. So yeah, I, I did pick up on that. And, and again, it's, it's, you, you get these gray areas in the show that, mm-hmm. that, that make the choices that Mando make that much more, you know, important or, or, thought pro- you know thought provoking almost and yeah. mayfeld picked up on that whereas mando probably didn't even didn't even cross his mind which again in a way also kind of plays into 
our, our old perceptions of what a Mandalorian was. Right. You know, for for decades we thought, well, they're, they're merciless, and they, you know, they they don't they're not thinking of the greater good. They're only thinking of themselves. They're like the 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 Star Wars version of the Klingons, aren't they? The Mandalorians. That's always been the kind of the vibe right. of what they're about. And, and and yet we know Jim Jarin is is a person better than that already. Mm-hmm. And if he had time to think about that scenario, he wouldn't have wasted those those um, raiders the way he did. He would have tried to figure something out. But I suppose in the moment, if they blow him up, he can't save the kids. So right. that's his number one priority because he's you know because of the code and the promises mm-hmm. he's made. So it, it is it's all compromises, which is why that Mayfeld speech was so good. It's like, you, yeah. you know, you'll horse trade with yourself to to justify what you do. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. And I think, I think, even though he never sold his reaction to it, I think that probably stuck in his head. Yep. Yeah, and you know, and that, that's the thing that was great is because they they pull up. They're the only one of the the juggernauts that actually made it back, and you see all of the the troopers cheering them, and you know, they're basically heroes of the empire at this point. You know. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's just such a. You know, contrast from from what how Mando feels. Um, you know, he he <laughs> hates the Empire, and then turns out to basically, you know, at least for a short time, you know, be seen as as their hero. Um, and of course, it was great seeing Shore Troopers again. Uh, I love that design. Same. So that's probably my favorite armor. Yeah. Of, of everything, anything, anything out of Rogue One is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you saw the the tank, which was again sort of a rogue one style design and then to see yeah the, well I, I still call them scarish troopers but i know they're short troopers uh, yeah. to see those was really good especially given that mando's one of his gloves is a short troopers glove isn't it so yeah yeah and i, I think he had um had a couple of them. i'm looking looking at my figure here yeah yeah and then I, th- I think one of his uh knee pads was as well yeah yeah he's probably upgraded by now oh yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah <laughs> but like uh, originally when he started out you know yeah. he kind of had yeah Look like some of that shore trooper armor, and and we actually see. Uh, I I didn't I forgot to put in the notes, but um again you know uh, my wife Christine she's like oh yeah he's, he doesn't have the best scar, you know where we see the uh, shoulder pad get sliced off, you know so yeah. like you can't get too comfortable you know with being in that best scar, and uh, it was kind of cool to see you know where he he was basically he's so used to it and you know kind of depending on it and he didn't have it yeah. in it almost messed him up yeah it, yeah exactly i mean like last week one well, the week before rather when with ahsoka you know you imagine if he'd not had his best car because he's deflecting her lightsabers parries you know with his with his best car yeah to give him enough time to get a breath to go you know bokatan sent me you know if he hadn't have had that he'd have had no chance but then that that gave you a nice little insight historically almost into we know that the Man- mandalorians and the jedi had their tussles in the past which is the movie kind of see from there how how they would have had some sort of combat yeah, yeah. It's and I like if they want to go back in the past, that's that's the story that you got to show. You know, like yeah. like I want to yeah. see Jedi fighting a bunch of Mandalorians. You know, and and that being the like the, those are the Star Wars that are happening at that time. You know, I think that would be awesome. So, mm. um. Yeah, I, there, there's so much. Yeah, that that's what's so great is how much you can mine and places to go out of this. You know, if they wanted to do like a Boba Fett and Fennec show, I would I'd be ready to plop down and watch that at any moment. You know, we're, we're oh, getting wow, like, yeah, we're getting a Soka show. Uh, you know, looks like we're we're going to be getting that Cara Dune show. Um, 
I believe I don't know if they've said uh, I, I may just be people assuming that that uh Rangers of the New Republic is supposed to be her. Yeah, it feels it feels logical to assume that she'll at least be part of it, right. you know. And the uh, you know, obviously the two X-wing <laughs> pilots who seem to be the only X-wing pilots on the outer rim, uh, Filoni and uh, uh, I forget the other character's name now. The, uh, uh, the game, the car, the uh, the badge. But um, yeah, you know, to see those guys uh, as part of that would would make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think we could we could we could. We could assume a lot of stuff, can't we? But yeah. it does feel like that's that's where they're going with that. And and one of the things that was said, I think, was that the three series, Mando, Ahsoka, and Rangers, will all come together at some point for a storyline, you know, a couple of years down the line. Yeah. So that's... yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Like Defenders style, like the old Netflix <laughs> shows, you know, mm-hmm. all come together in the Defenders. You know, that would be kind of cool because Marvel are doing it with Armor Wars and Secret uh, Invasion, so it's a yeah. good idea. And uh, also, you know, Bo Katan. Like, let's let's get that. You know, like I want to see. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see her them doing something where she takes back Mandalore, and and you know, we could see where. Um, you know, kind of like how how DC does their stuff, where they have their shows, you know, their uh, CW shows, and they kind of do their own thing, and then they sort of spiral yeah. into uh, like their crossover episodes for like a, a big event. Like I could see them doing like a, a big Mandalore war, and um, all of them sort of showing up for that. So yeah, it's that be that you should be pitching this. That'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> they don't listen to me. <laughs> They're not gonna listen to me. They, you know. But um, and of course, my, you know, we were also talking about Lando, uh, Lando series earlier, which of course was the big standout for me. Um, mm. being like I have a huge, like I know you, you, you do, um, you have a big, or at least I know you used to, I think, right, the a big uh, Boba Fett focus collection. Uh, I, I've got lots of bits of different things, but on on Fanther, it's Matt Booker's the big Fett guy. He's uh, he's he only collects Fett. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's know, his thing. Yeah, I know he does. For some reason, I was I could have sworn that you you said like maybe at one time that you did, but maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I don't know. It's yeah. I've got lots of bits. I've got okay, lots of yeah, bits yeah. of different things, but for Matt, it's it's all yeah. Fett. If it's not Fett, he ain't he ain't first. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know he's he's real big on him as well. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that's, that's me. Like er, I try to get everything Lando. Um, right. And so, you know, like I, I'm excited about that. And so I, of course I had a great little moment where they bring up, uh, the battle of Tanab. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I thought that was, was great. Cause of course they, uh, you know, and then it sort of showed, you know, like you mentioned earlier with, um, uh, um, Mayfeld. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name, but you know Mayfeld didn't want to go in because he, you know, he's like, oh, I don't know, that was my officer or whatever, and so Din, because he has to do it, you know, he he decides that he's going to actually break his his code and, um, you know, and take his helmet off and and show his face, um, but then of course he kind of ends up getting screwed up, and um, which I feel I kind of feel like he m- might should have known that though. Like the the TK number thing, I was a little surprised that he was just like, "What? I've yeah. never heard of that." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like I like the. I mean, clearly it throws him completely, throws him right. to take the helmet off. I mean, in in season one, he thinks he's done, mm-hmm. so you know he thinks he's dead, and he you know 
So he's got nothing to lose, and he's you know he's, he's shown his face to these people who've fought with him. So it's almost a sign of respect to me. That's how it read to me anyway in season one. In this one, it's it's well for for Mayfeld to go back to the ship, to the to the tank, and get his helmet and come back and then take the helmet off again and risk the guy seeing him and realizing who he is, and you know that that's too much of a of a thing. But yeah, like you say, it's, it feels to it felt like that would be an obvious. You know, you'd know that stormtroopers have TK numbers, or or var- you know various troopers have different designations. And he was just completely dumbstruck. But then I think in the moment, it was a brilliant bit of acting from Pedro Pascal because you could see the the nervousness, the reticence, the regret. Yeah, you know, I, I I've shamed my code by taking my helmet off. I this is not how it, this is not the way, you know, right. he, he, he hates it. And he's almost, um, not dumbstruck. That makes it sound, that's not the right phrase, but you know what I mean? But almost like for words, you know, yeah. It, it's completely thrown him. He can't, he can't think straight. Yeah. You know, thank goodness Mayfeld steps in and he's quick enough to come out with all those lines of, you know, to the officer. Right. Um, yeah, that, that was a good scene, but yeah, I, you do think if all things being equal, you know, he'd have, he'd have thought quicker on his feet, but, that's not his world, is it? You know, right, that's not right. his, his thing. But yeah, I agree. I think he, he was a bit slow there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that is good. Like, uh, yeah, you've convinced me. <laughs> yeah, I think. Cause I, <laughs> yeah, I was I was looking at it as I'm like, yeah, I feel like he should have heard that. But you know, you're right because he he was sort of just. Yeah, I mean, he was almost like it was almost like he went into shock. You know, like when he doing all that, and he he just was having a hard time. Um, dealing with it because he's what probably in his 30s or you know 40s or something yeah. like that at this yeah, point you know and he's lived his effectively his entire life under this code and it does not take it. and then all of a sudden he does he breaks in like you know i guess that that would have been traumatizing for him so um, and bo-katan through a lot of things you know questions his way you know right. their whole the three of them their whole attitude oh he's one of them Right, you know, so what being one of them? What do you want about? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Mandalorian. He doesn't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know, and then these three sort of superheroes swoop in and very quickly raise their eyebrows and oh, it's one of them. You know, so that's going to rock his foundations a little bit. And then the necessity. I mean, it, again, I guess and I've seen a few people say, oh, they didn't like him taking his helmet off. But it, all it did, did to me as a viewer was go, he really wants to get that kid back. You right, know, he's absolutely he's rock yeah. solid set on protecting this child, and he's made an obligation. Even though he's <laughs> ten years plus older than him, you know, he's made this obligation to protect. And right. you know, a- a- along with all the stuff he said to the armorer in season one, uh, the connection that he's got with Grogu now, you know, it, it was charming in-, in the previous episode at the beginning. You know, mm. Grogu, yeah, you know, all <laughs> yeah. That sort of stuff. yeah, he's so cute. Yeah, he's- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's like I said, I I love the of course bringing up the the Battle of Tanab. Uh, you know, the yeah. great Lando line from uh, I almost said Revenge, uh, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. You <laughs> got away with that. <laughs> uh, uh, um, you know, so that was fun. Although there was some other stuff in there that threw me. You know, I'm talking about like oh, we call him Brown Eyes. Like I, f- that was something where I'm like I feel like this is a reference that I'm not getting. Yeah, like it was riffing on on something. Yeah, that, I get that occasionally because obviously you can't read everything, you can't see everything, and there's right. there's little lines where you go, that's that's referencing something. Yeah. And yeah, I did I did pick up on that. I thought, yeah, that is that is that a little in in joke to something or a reference to something I didn't quite catch. Yeah, I've not seen I've not seen anyone pick up on it yet, but 
Yeah, I thought I thought the same. Yeah, because I mean, and the thing is, I, I I feel like it's probably not even Star Wars related. I, I feel like um, because of course, then he mentions, you know, oh, we got to fill out those TPS reports, which I did face palm on that one. I because it was, I'm just like, oh, come on, and, and maybe I'm wrong because that, like, for the longest time, Office Space was my favorite movie, but I was like. I feel like everybody, like to me, like it pulls you out of it because I'm like, okay, everybody's thinking Office Space now, you know. No, I've not seen Office Space, but one of the guys on Phantom in one of the chats we have, the little group chats we've got, uh-huh. said, anybody else get that Office Space joke? Yeah. I was like, I've not seen Office Space. And he went, oh, that was compl- that TPS reports was completely an Office Space joke. Right. So, yeah, so it's def- that was probably a little bit too on the nose. I didn't know mm. it, but but other people picked up on that really quick. So I need to see office space now. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> at this point I the movie, I think it's like 20 years old. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's probably a whole generation of people who have no idea. And so like it, it was fine or whatever, just for me, like I said, because that was such a, like an ongoing thing. Cause the whole thing was like, Oh yeah, no, you got to do the, the um, cover letter for it. And it's like, you did it wrong. And so then of course he has to hear from it from like, all of his bosses and it, you know, it's just that thing of where, you know, it's the whole, it's a whole play on like when you're at work and you, you mess something up, but it's just like a, you know, just a small, just dumb mistake or whatever. And then it's like, everybody has to ride you about it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know. And it's like, okay, well I'm just making sure it's like, yeah, thank you. And then the next person has to come tell you, it's like, all right, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) So, like I said, to me, I, I was like, oh, that was something that like was so relatable and everything with that movie that, like I said, just hearing it now, I'm like, really? Like, we could have done anything else, but uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, it, I may be totally, you know, all in left field on that. Everybody else may have loved it or, or been fine with it. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, like you say, if, if you get a reference... You know, if 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 it's too on the nose, yeah, and if you're too familiar with it, it feels like oh, you know, especially if it isn't out of universe mm-hmm. reference, which clearly that was, right, right, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I liked them. I, I think sometimes it's you know, when I'm like, okay, we've done this to death, like you know, talking about with like the stormtroopers, uh. You know, it's like, oh, haha, because, you know, everybody knows stormtroopers can't shoot. It's like, yeah, okay. Oh, I feel no, like this is done no. to death. Like, every, even like my mom knows that, you know, stormtroopers can't shoot as a thing, right? Like, that's, yeah. I, I feel like that, like, that's everybody. That, but stuff like, you know, I actually thought it was great with them bringing up the whole, like, no handrails thing. I'm like, okay, that's one that I feel like doesn't. Like people kind of notice it or whatever, but I, I I feel like more people are like, oh yeah, there aren't really any hand, you know. So yeah, yeah, you know stuff like like yeah. you got to find that that good middle ground of like, okay, are we fan service or are we just really appealing to like the general yeah. audience, like some everyone knows. So yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, you, <laughs> there, there is a middle ground somewhere that right. that you can. It's just it's not too naff and obvious that you go. Ugh. Everybody knows that. I mean, the stormtrooper thing—it still—it still irritates me years and years later. That to me, that feels like the biggest misread ever in all of Star Wars. Right? Is you've got Ben Kenobi going, "Oh, these blast points too accurate for Tam people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise." So there's yeah. Ben Kenobi telling you how precise they are, and right. then you've got the whole chase around the Death Star yeah. when clearly all those troopers and those four—you know—the whole Death Star can only send out four four century ships to stop the Falcon. 
Yeah, right. You know, uh, and and they're all told to miss. Don't kill them. Just make them think they're escaping. Because yeah. we've got to follow that tracking beacon back to their home base, wherever it is. And it right. turns out to be having uh, the Death Star battle. They lose. That's the yeah. gamble everybody takes. But the whole point is that running around the Death Star, those troopers, you know, there's a great big open door. Right, shoot the door frames. But for God's sake, don't shoot the people because mm-hmm. they've got to get back to the ship so we can follow them back to their base. They're shooting to miss. Yeah. And, and that whole line gets completely forgotten for the joke of oh stormtroopers can't hit the side of a barn right. door it's right. like this they can this they can right yeah right. where's the peril if they're that rubbish they're just skittles yeah you know and that has always bugged me that 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 misread has been adopted all through star wars by content creators and everything's like they're not bad shots they were shooting to miss they're better right. shots because they're shooting to miss it's right. a bigger target to hit chewy than to hit a door frame isn't it yeah they're, they're hitting the door frame you know it just that that's yeah. something that has always bugged me and it's and it's even in the dialogue you know leia saying like oh it was too easy like they let us go and it's like you yeah. call that easy you know so yeah. it's yeah yeah you're right and like i said and my thing is i'm like yeah it's fine it's like a little chuckle or whatever i'm like but don't put it like in canon so yeah but again yeah. i mean this you know it's minor small like, grumble isn't it not, yeah. yeah 99 out of 100 times they've gotten it right for me so uh it's just like i said just something to bring up but you know like i said with that stuff like this was really for uh, you know, for Mayfeld where I really, I was like, I like this character, you know, it, it, yeah. this was that turning yeah. point. Um, Cause which like, I saw it coming, but I feel like you probably are supposed to, you know, where uh, that um, Valen Hess is like, Oh, he's like, I didn't dismiss you or whatever. And you're like, Oh, they're caught. But I was like, no, they're not like, because I, th- I th- in my head, I'm like, no, these guys are heroes. Like they know, like you're not like when you roll up, and you just basically saved uh, the empire, like on something like this important. Like, you're, they're they're not really going to question that, you know. Like, your mindset is just totally different at that point. So, of course, he's like, "Oh, uh, you know, let's uh, let's get a drink." So I was like, "Yeah, saw that coming or whatever." But you know, I did not see at all Mayfeld just going off, like just grilling him, you know. Uh, oh yeah, and it, of course it was great. You know, fan service. Him talking about Operation Cinder, uh, yeah, and then you know the burning con and all that, and you know, and so then he just kind of keeps hammering it. You know, he's talking about oh, oh, five to ten thousand, and like he just he looks like they're in that moment where like he's just sweaty and his face is red and he's just kind of shaking with anger and stuff. You know, and you're like, ooh, like he's having like a a bit of a, a like a nervous breakdown right now, and. Yeah. You know, and that that tension just builds and builds, and I'm like, okay, when when's he pulling the blaster? Like, you know, he's pulling the blaster, you know. But they they just hold it out, just like that little bit more, just to just squeak out that you know extra little bit of uncomfortableness before he does it, you know. And then uh, Din looks at him like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was a brilliant moment because, like you say, it, it wrenched wrenched up the tension, wrenched it, wrenched it, and you're waiting for the for the Imperial officer to sort of cotton on yeah. that something's not right here, but he's kind of letting the guy up his head because like you say, they've just done this heroic deed of getting the, the stuff back. And mm-hmm. it, it obviously looks a bit odd when Din was getting the code and he's got the code and blah, blah, blah. And the awkwardness about the TK number. Uh, but yeah, it, it was cleverly, it was cleverly laid out and that it was him that was the one that, that cracks. 
right. you know, and not Din for whatever it is, because he's the one you think has got all the pressure, but then you realise in this scenario, no, he's not. He's kind of at home in these, <laughs> these sort of combat situations. Uh, he's only a comfortableness he's taken his helmet off. But yeah. Mayfeld, it, it, like you say, it proper, it proper gets to him, which mm-hmm. again goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, he, he clearly has had sleepless nights about what happened on, on Burning Con and places like that. Yeah, you know, it's probably not the only mission that he was on that that went south that he couldn't rectify in his mind. You know, which you, you, know, you look at the sequel trilogy and think, well, that's probably what. Well, that is what Finn had. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can't, I can't do this. This isn't me. Right. You know, all those years of training, first mission out, it's like, nope, not for me, not for me. I'm not. That's not my. That's not how I'm wired. And Mayfell obviously fell into a, a life and an existence as an ex-imperial of which. There's so many now right. are out there and around the galaxy. So what else do you do? And and again, it, it shows you the, the era, you know, with all those years and years, decades really, of watching Return of the Jedi, Ewok celebration, Iris out, you know, and you're thinking, great, they won. And he's yep. like, nah. Yep. Now, you know, that was just a, another battle. Right. You know, it wasn't, it was the big, it's the most important battle, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't the end of it. And then what happens after that? You know, the, the whole galaxy goes up the wall and, and, moments like this with Mayfeld and that you think well yeah that's that's giving you more of a sense of just how terrible it became after Endor not not better that we thought because mm-hmm. you know there's always a cutoff point and that was the cutoff point you know uh, really clever I, I like all of this yeah yeah and of course like I said, and it made for a a great scene of them having to shoot their way out of there and you know, like I had mentioned earlier, we've got Kara and um, Fennec, you know, sniping them and everything. And then you have, Bo- man, he can turn that slave one on a dime. <laughs> you know, so good to see. Yeah, so good to see. Yeah, yeah, it was cool because I mean, like, we've not seen it a ton. You know, I mean, uh, the the biggest, uh, you know, that, that we've actually seen it in action, uh, in live action, uh, was in uh, episode two but even then yeah. it mostly sort of just you know flies in the course of until it drops that uh seismic charge which was awesome uh oh, yeah. <laughs> you know um but uh like i just i love where he's just you know he's flying by and then he's just like whoop, and he just sort of repositions it and flips it around and everything for him to hop on i was like dang you know that's like some tokyo drift stuff he's got going there <laughs> yeah well it reminded me a little bit of um star trek nemesis when the picard and co dropped the buggy into the back of of that shuttle uh-huh. you know and they do the little jump off the cliff and the shuttle's waiting with the ramp down data's got the ramp down and they get away that way and it had that kind of vibe to me but Again, you know, when they were running away, and obviously they've got the cover of the snipers, but you're thinking they they could really pull out some heavy heavy ordnance if they wanted to. The Imperials they were just a bit at a loss, not not the best run facility. I think that's been put across quite neatly that whilst the remnants out there are all over the place, right? Uh, it's scattered, and they've sort of said that there's little enclaves of you know they're not all on the same page quite quite yet. They're not a unified empire yeah. yet. Uh, but obviously that's what they're aiming for. Yeah, um, they're, they're lacking but, that but discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but as they were running away, I'm thinking, well, you know, Mando's going to make it, but I wonder if Mayfeld's going to make it. So when he did, and then he's just giving me the rifle, you know, yeah. and, and he knew where to shoot, you know, yeah. which felt like, a, again, it was like an Anakin moment, you know, when he shoot the, shoot the fuel, fuel cells, you know, he knew where to hit the, the targets and such, and mm-hmm. certain people have that knowledge, and he knew exactly where to aim, and the way, this, the way that they shot it and framed the shot 
when he's lining up the shot, you're thinking, I know exactly where he's looking at. And when that laser bolt hit, it was like, yep, that was so satisfying to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and because uh, that was my thinking too, and I'm like, okay, well, you did that, but you, or you know, you you shot that officer, which was great and all, but you know, he just explained how how deadly that um, uh, uh, radonium is, and you know, mm-hmm. like how, how important that is, and you guys are just going to run out of there, and so it was it was great to see him. Like he wasn't going to let it go. You know, he had yeah. to make that right. And, uh, you know, and he says, you know, he hands him back that, that rifle and he says, we all need to sleep at night. And I was like, that was great. Like that was a good showing of, you know, regardless of how, I mean, like kind of a lot like, like Han Solo, right? Like, you know, Han mm. really comes off as that sleazy character who only thinks about himself, but then you, you see that like he does have a heart of gold, you know, and, and you see some of that with, with Mayfeld. So, yeah. I wonder what Bill Burr must've thought that, you know, when he did that first episode and anybody gets offered a gig in a Star Wars TV show or film, we're going to be buzzed about it, presumably <laughs> for yeah. the most part, you know, and then he gets asked back in this one. He must've seen the script for this and gone, hang on, I'm the, I'm not the hero of this episode. This is kind of yeah. cool. I wonder what his thought processes were because, like you say, it's it all everything in this episode hinges on him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, either persuading Din to do what he did, or you know, whichever way around you look at it, or doing it himself. So many things that that were based on his thoughts and actions, you know. And then, like you say, to, to, to stroll off at the end of it was like, yeah, that was so neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Because, I mean, and that's the thing, because I actually even saw an article. Uh, in fact, actually, it was, um, like, from the Roger Ebert website. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, this, like, you guys totally, like, just missed the mark. It's like, how do you not see that what you're saying is the point? But, you know, they were talking about that the frustration they had is they're like, oh, you know, it's kind of great. But it uh, it sort of contradicts with what he's saying about, like, oh, we're all human and everything. I'm like, no. It doesn't. I'm like that. That, like, it's yeah. showing that, you know, what he was saying earlier. You took it as him, like you initially take it as him saying, like, ah, Mando, you're just as bad as the rest of us. But what he's saying is, we're not as bad as you think we are. You know. Yes. And yeah. and and showing that there is that more of that center, and like I said, I, I thought that they they really showed you know both sides of that coin so well. And, you know, and, and they turn it there at the end and you're like, yeah, that was that was really well done. It, it feels to me also in a weird way, even though we're what are we now? Twenty five. It's quarter of a century, really, before the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the sequel trilogy, you've got a new republic that obviously gets battered and pretty much wiped out in Force Awakens. Right. Um, you've got the first order that's presumably the Empire will salt, you know, sort of slink off into the unknown regions and sort of be reborn as the First Order. But then you've also got, because of Leia's um, intelligence, in terms of her personally and also the, the knowledge that she's got, her network, knows that there's there's something brewing and, and that, you know, we need to be prepared because the New Republic ultimately wants to disarm and sort of do the hippie thing of, of you know, no more weapons, that's right. not the way of the, you know, it's not the future, that's not the way we should be. And they want to disarm, and some people realise that's not a, not a cool move. If you look at history, that's not a sensible thing to do. It's a it's a wonderful ideal and goal, but it's not a sensible thing to do. And and you sort of think some of these characters now, 
even though that that future is probably too far ahead for them in terms of age and chronology these are the sort of people that would be resistance not republic you right. know that they, they would end up getting to that choice of well you know, what do we stand for what do we want to do well we've got to fight right you know, like i say it's star wars isn't it we've got to fight so they these guys would ultimately put throw their lot in with the resistance as opposed to try and do something with the republic because they'd probably see that that way is you know admirable but it's not going to work mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's right star wars star wars is about fight standing and fighting not running away <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 core concept of it uh easy to get but um yeah and then of course um you know like we mentioned earlier where they they sort of let they give him his freedom there at the end i you know for a minute i thought she was going to offer him a job yeah i did yeah and, and i and i still kind of think that maybe they should have um but i don't know i you know i i trust uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni completely with this, so uh, I'm sure the the plans they have for him is great. But I, you know, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I think that we we've seen him, you know, sort of for who he is and and sort of get his his redemption there. You know, like it, it would probably be good to sort of see him, um, you know, take on, uh, you know, that job. You know, maybe he be a rep- new republic ranger or whatever you know yeah. like maybe one of the cara's deputies or something right but uh well i mean I, i'm i'm assuming unless i misread it i'm thinking they did they drop him off on the same planet he's still on on the same planet isn't he just they've sort of got away from the base and right yeah yeah that that, that was, was my read of it mm-hmm. um unless i unless i'm sort of misremembering it but but think my thinking is in the same way that we went back to navarro which was cool and you saw that um, grief had become basically the the mayor of the town essentially, right. <laughs> and and Kara was the marshal, um, and that's her base, and that's working out well for them, and the town is thriving and and such. Uh, that you know he saw all that, you know when they went through that little township sort of one tri- one horse town sort of thing, and they sort of drove through it very slowly, and said his piece about you know. Um, empire or rebellion it doesn't really matter you know or republic rather it doesn't really matter it's all the same to these people who's whoever's ruling them it doesn't really matter right you know and he obviously had a, a more than a twinge of guilt you know there but what can you do mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't surprise me if you know in season three or four we ended up back on on this planet and there he is he's managed to get a township up and running and you know the empire's gone so it's their planet again and the the alien raiders that were we thought were pirates and raiders were actually just the natives, right? You know, and it was their home world, and the humans had moved. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, you know, yeah, and everyone's living together because Star Wars, so people do, yeah. which is as it should be. Yeah, you know, I, I can just kind of think forward to something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, like I said, it's it's wide open, man, and like I, I, I hope and and think that we'll certainly see uh, Mayfeld's return, and and yeah. You know, I, th- I think it uh, it'll be satisfying. Um, but yeah, and then also you mentioned those uh, like those pirate species. Um, I guess from everything I could find, I assume they're new. They the closest you know I could kind of come up with as far as like look was that they look a lot like a, the Iktachi. It's like a Sacy Teen. Um, yeah. But the the horns were not quite the same. They almost sort of you know like went down the face. And you know, kind of uh, came like out of the cheekbones a little bit, rather than just being 
you know, just like full on horns, but um, yeah, yeah, a, a... yeah. There was a mugshot last week. If you remember, they did all the mugshots, and I think this uh-huh. species was seen in one of those mugshots. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, yeah, it did. It looked like an Akachi, didn't it? But it wasn't quite the same. Although it's funny when you look at Sacy Tin in in Attack of the Clones and then in Revenge of the Sith, it looks it looks different. Right. So, so they kind of changed it up there. But um, and there was the um, I'm just looking at the guide we've got on on Fanta, the Osvalanzo species that you saw in episode nine, uh-huh. which was um, um, that wasn't. I'm trying to think now. Would that be Bulio? But it wouldn't be, would it? But anyway. Um, uh, it, Similar to that, but again, I think this is this is an original. So. Right, another figure they can make. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and man, Hasbro has. I'm just like, do you guys just want my like my bank account number at this point? Like you're killing yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, they, they have, and, and it's been like definitely over fifty percent of of the, all the stuff coming out has been Mandalorian. Um, which you know, good for them because I know they've. You know, they, they've been uh, seemingly uh, not happy. You know, a lot of stuff has been kind of harder to move and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the, this Mandalorian yeah. merchandise is really flying off the shelves. So. Oh, totally, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the quality of it has been fantastic. And I yeah. suppose when you think they, they never finished off the, the movie line with, with Episode Nine, they didn't do a, a movie range for that one because they, they weren't selling. And right. what, why, why, why make them if they know they're not going to sell? So that's smart. Right. But then they're selling a lot of six-inch Black Series Mando stuff and, mm-hmm. and the carbonized three and three quarters are selling out. And it's, it's working out well for everybody, I think. So good, good job. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I mean, I'm like, I don't know why I need this. It's just the same figure I already bought, but it's like all these shiny different colors, but it's a Mandalorian and it's Star Wars and I love it and just stop asking me questions. <laughs> you, know, <it's> like, <laughs> you know, and then there's somebody at work is like, what? No, I'm just asking how you're doing. I'm like, oh, sorry. It's just my own little. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, so this, this last scene, I... um. You know, to me, I kind of didn't think anything of it, but again, my my wife and I thought I was just like I was completely dumbfounded. I was like, that was such a good catch, um, mm-hmm. and she she even went back to show it to me. Uh, you know, it's it's this like uh, hologram message that uh, Din has for uh, for Gideon, and she says that's the same speech that Gideon gave back in the last season. Yeah, and I was like, what? And so she went back, and it was in episode seven when they were um, they had him pinned in the bar, and he gives essentially that exact same speech, and so that was sort of his way of uh, you know putting it back to him. I was like, okay, that's cool. Like that's a <laughs> you know that that's a uh, alpha move. <laughs> on, oh, uh, on totally! It totally was an alpha move because it, it it made me think two things. One, it was brilliant when you were watching it because obviously Mando, you can't read him at all, mm-hmm. especially through a hologram. So he's just as implacable as you could ever hope to be. Yeah. And you're watching Gideon. It's the first time you've actually seen him get a little bit twitchy. Like you can yeah. see he's a little bit like, oh, hang on. I don't. Yeah. I'm this. This is turning around. I don't like this. Yeah, that that unnerves him a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, it's like that again. Eighties action movie move for me. It's like Schwarzenegger, you know, you know, <laughs> Rambo, letting them know that it's coming. And I'm yeah. coming to get you. And this is happening. You know, yeah. it was a bit of that. And also um, the thought that Din paid so much attention to what Gideon had said. Yeah, and thought he, it over. Right, you know? and, right. And 
it's completely it was no accident he didn't switch it on and go what am i going to say so i know exactly what i'm going to say yeah I'm throw your words right back down your throat pal you've got the um, this is coming this is payback and a half mm-hmm. so just just be aware you can go wherever you want i've got a fast ship as well well yeah I'll, I'll track you down i'm a bounty hunter you're not going to escape me so just the whole tone of it was you're on notice now yeah so, and i just hope they don't just resolve it next next episode i'm really hoping this continues into season three and leaves us with a big cliffhanger yeah yeah I th- uh, yeah i agree like i want to see something to where like I, I don't want din to sort of lose his momentum um in the episode yeah. but i also don't yeah i'm like you like i, I think there's good because i i was totally expecting you know after chapter seven i, I thought he's not going to get him back in chapter eight season two is going to be him getting him back and i i think that um you know where where i I did think that was a good idea they're just doing it a little bit later which i think too might have also been smart in in the sense that they're like look we we everybody loves baby yoda (laughs) like we gotta (laughs) we gotta really get that time in and at this point you know i i feel like maybe they might have been anticipating a little bit of burnout and that may be the the thought process there, and, which I think would be That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I've I've had to have my uh, you know my Grogu cereal, so you know I'm still buying a bunch of the merch and stuff, and I still love the little guy, and it and it seems like everybody else is too. Like I I would have expected. I mean, like I remember, and and I, I make this um, comparison every week, so I apologize, but uh, you know the 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 porgs. I remember. Even before, um, you know, the Last Jedi, I felt like I, I was already seeing some fatigue with the, the Porgs. Um, yeah, and I, I really would have expected to see it more. Like I've heard some people say they're like, eh, yeah, I don't know, whatever. But then they see something, they're like, I'm back on board. I love that guy. You know, so <laughs> I, I don't think, like, I don't think that there's been that burnout. But I also think that don't. You know, don't don't um, don't wait until people are burned out. Maybe uh, hold him back just a little bit, so that when they do see him again, they do still love him. You know, don't uh, don't yeah. let him get tired of him, then take him away, and then pull him back. Like like never, you know, like never never let him get to that point. But I don't yeah. know. Again, this I think Amanda's been ahead of the curve, hasn't it? In that sense, in that I think they, I think they're savvy enough um, yeah. to to lead. On that, in that in that sense, rather than you know, and, and we all know what social media is like. We're all out there, and it's a cesspit. And it wouldn't <laughs> yeah. take much for one the wrong person or, or the right person, whichever way you want to look at it, to start ragging on something in Mandalorian and it to pick up a head of steam. And then for certain websites to pick up on that, oh, this you know, and then all of a sudden it all blows up out of all proportion, and suddenly they're on the back foot. So I think. At the moment, they're they're leading the narrative as opposed to being led by it. So yeah, yeah they're, they're getting it right. They're still definitely getting it right. And and I, I mean, maybe not, but I I also think that, and, and I'm hoping that Lucasfilm is not, you know, I, I, I I'm, it's seemingly they're not being as dictated by Twitter, <laughs> you know that. Yes. So when when yeah. some of the things that people because people can and like I gotta believe that you know it's it's with COVID maybe people are just have been at home a little bit, just getting a little too stir crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, which I know there's been 
outrage and stuff like that prior to, but I, I do feel like it's ramped up to the point of, like I said, when it's th- silly things like, you know, him eating the, the eggs and people are upset. And oh, it's, you know, it's yeah. like, and, you know, Lucasfilm did not completely fall over themselves and trying to, you know, and, and like we, we've had, you know, some other like little non-traversies and things like that and stuff. And, and I, it seems like they're at least, you know, outwardly not, um, not jumping, you know, on it as much and, and not following that stuff. And maybe, maybe realizing that the, the audience base is much larger than what is being represented by Twitter. And that, that the, you know, the, the, uh, the fans aren't necessarily, uh, in step with what's being stated, you know, that, that there's yeah. feelings yeah. otherwise com- compared to those. So uh, that's my hope. I, again, I don't, who knows? <laughs> with, no, with, with I, I totally agree. There. It's it, Twitter. Twitter specifically is yeah. such a snapshot, a tiny, tiny snapshot of mm. the whole. You know, and I think sometimes it's it's he who shouts loudest gets heard, sort of thing. Right. You know, right. And, and the people that the outrage inverted commas it gets conflated so much. Yeah. When generally most people are logical enough to think, you know, whatever they want to think about any particular situation, it's it's not not everything is black and white. If you think this, it doesn't make you a bad person or whatever. Right. Um, I'd like to think that as a culture, we're a bit more advanced than you know um, name calling and stone throwing. Right. Um, but but we're probably not. <laughs> probably <laughs> give us it, way too much. Corona has shown that we give the general populace way too much credit for their own intelligence. There. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I just try. You know. I mean, I do try to. I do try to kind of give some stuff and think, ah, you know, maybe maybe some of these people are just kind of going through time, you know. There's because I mean, like I get, I get frustrated and stuff too. I don't, I feel like I, I do um, reserve, you know, my feel like I don't go on Twitter just being downright nasty. But sometimes, you know, I, I know I can get uh, a little more uh, open than what some people, you know, appreciate or whatever. So I try to think like, well, you know, I'm I'm 33. Some of these people are. You know, they might be like in their early twenties or whatever. You know, and yeah, yeah, whatever. Some or you know, even if they might be an older person, but they may be going through a hard time or or whatever. But I I think the the biggest thing, like I said, is to, you know, it's definitely great to listen to the fans, but to also not be so knee jerk about it and and to really yeah. look at other measures than just one source and say, are people mad? Do people feel this way? Some people go, wow, that was fine. I didn't, you know, so uh, like I said, we'll, we'll see. It's, I know that's a bit, uh, you know, starting to get out there, whatever, but I, I do, you know, like I said, with, with, we, we were talking beforehand about, you know, with, with episodes, you know, all of the stuff that's being announced and everything. And I'm like, I hope, you know, I, I want to see, you know, most of this, like not everything I'm, I'm pumped for, but like, you know, I, I do want to see a lot of this, but at the same time, it's, they've, they just announced more things than they've actually come out with in the, what, six years or more that Disney's own Lucasfilm, you know, yeah. at least say since 2015, <laughs> you know, since they started rolling stuff out in 2015, um, you know, that's, they, they just announced more projects than they've even done. So it's like, Okay, are we going to get all of them? And then if we are, are they? Uh, when are they going to actually roll out? So, you know, it's hugely ambitious what they've they've announced. And like you say, if it all comes to pass, I think it will be over quite a few years. And and a lot of them also, I mean, animation can run concurrent with with other stuff. That's right. 
you know that's almost a, almost its own thing the droid's tail is feels like it's x lab doing stuff and that yeah. again that's like i said visions is small fit reads to me like you know small episodes made by non-lucasfilm animation houses so that feels like a, a separate project as well uh, and and you know, obi-wan and mm-hmm. ahsoka are limited series right so they're right. they they've got a finite shelf life it's you know the only ongoing real big ongoing one that's been announced um well obviously rogue one is a, a rogue squadron is a movie mm-hmm. um which i would imagine if it, if successful and no reason why it wouldn't will lead into a series it just feels purpose fit for a series to spin right. off that um but um um is um cassian which yeah. i think you know they're probably looking at that running for a few years to lead up to rogue one right um but uh, rangers again that feels like it could be a not not a a, a mega ongoing long thing I, th- I think you're going to get a lot of shows that run for a couple of three years right. and then they turn it over for something something new to tell other stories but uh, yeah it's um if if any and all <laughs> come to pass then blimey I'm going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> I've got room for everything, and yeah. and to stay on top. I mean, it's it's hard enough now as a fan to to to, to even pretend to keep up with with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, in an age when to read something once you're doing well, to, right. to read things multiple times, like I did as a kid. You know, all my comics got read multiple times. The books got read multiple times. There's not enough hours in the day now right. to do it. So it's it's a lot of information to assimilate. Thank goodness for. Google and Wikipedia and places like that. You know, oh, to for keep, sure. Yeah. <laughs> keep abreast of what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like I said, I was like, God, you know, I, like I was even, you know, that that first episode, I was, compl- I'm like, what? This is, you know, because my, my mind went, because of the sirens, my mind went to crate dragons but i was like ah, i was thinking of crate dragons you know they looked a lot different because i was thinking of them from knights of the old republic hopped on mm. wikipedia and i'm like oh there have been multiple kinds of crate dragons this is a greater crate dragon you know and yeah. and so i was like okay that's cool thank you wikipedia <laughs> i love all of that exactly i love all that because there's nothing there's very little you can't cleverly reckon thank goodness for people like leland chi Whose right. whose job for forever and a day has been to sort of retcon things and just nudge and tweak a little bit and go yeah they said it was a crate dragon but actually it's a greater crate dragon you know what I mean so it doesn't contradict what you saw in a new hope that was a right. crate dragon but you know it's like saying uh, I don't know um, you think of any animal on earth you know there's yeah. four or five different subspecies of tiger or Absolutely, lions or yeah. whatever you know you can you can work your way around there's wriggle room to do that so. right yeah absolutely I mean yeah exactly there's because that's the thing is you think of like um i know that like for instance like the species is um like with like you said like uh tigers lions and uh puma you know all of that like the it's like a canis puma or something i can't remember it's it's That's been it. a yeah, while yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but you know like they're all like in there like in that same thing so like why wouldn't it be like you know like what's the difference between a crocodile and an alligator really like yes you know yes like, probably about yeah. the same between a great crate dragon and a great greater crate dragon you know <laughs> so yeah no yeah. that's a great point yeah exactly yeah. you know on earth how many millions of different species are there or have there been you know yeah. think of how many are extinct that aren't around compared to what's around now and, and mm-hmm. what's around now that we haven't even catalogued you know it's, it's insane yeah uh, on earth and you, yep. you've got to think, well, in the Star Wars galaxy, there's going to be plenty of planets that are 
multi-regional like Earth with ice ice caps and equators and tropical areas and you know we've got it all here. Yeah. You know, you, you sort of in Star Wars, you go, well, that's the desert planet and that's the forest planet and that's the rocky planet. You know, uh, and you yeah, it's a bit basic in that sense. But mm-hmm. there will there will be plenty of places. I always get the sense that Alderaan and Naboo are sort of more like Earth in that there'll be colder areas and warmer areas and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Um, and, and and they would essentially be the same as us. You'd have multiple different things. You know, it's not just, oh, there's, 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 there's the dog. There's, yeah, there's, there's no Chihuahua and Great Dane. There's just right. the dog, right. you know. And, and, and there would be that depth of uh, ecology and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, it's fast. I I actually love all of that stuff and everything. I've I've been uh, diving into a lot of uh, you know the the paleontology and stuff, and you know talking to and like some of my friends that I'm like, no, like, do you have any idea? You know, they talk about like uh, they call it skin wrapping and and thinking about like right. our ideas of what some of these animals looked like could yeah. be vastly different. And then a, a buddy of mine, he's like, yeah, he's like, I totally get what you're talking about now. He's like, I saw a, uh, a skeleton of a penguin and I would never, he's like, I would never take that skeleton and then actually get correct what a penguin looks like, you know, cause they have these like, yeah. really long necks and, and you never think about it. Cause you think, no, penguins don't really have necks. They're just pretty much just head and shoulders, you know, but they actually have these really long necks and uh, yeah, that stuff is so fascinating. And then you think of like, like you said, like with dogs, like if, you know, a million years from now, if somebody were like digging up different dogs, like they would probably categorize all of them as different species, you know, because of like yeah. a, like a Great Dane and a, a Chihuahua look totally different. You w- there's no way you would ever say that. But, you know, like we classify that as the exact same animal. So, yeah, you yeah. Know. Yeah, so that's got super nerdy, <laughs> but man, I I love that stuff. It's <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, but uh, totally stuff that is super important. Uh, where people should be getting news, of course, is, is Fanta tracks. You want to plug your stuff? I'd love to. Um, yeah, Fanta tracks. So fantatracks dot com is the is the hub. Uh, if you go on socials, you'll find us everywhere at Fanta tracks. Um, you can find us on Twitter at FanthaTracks again. And if you want to find me uh, to complain or, or <laughs> tell me off about something I've done, right. which is quite uh, quite common, uh, Prefect underscore timing. So it's a Hitchhiker's riff because I'm a Hitchhiker's fan as well. So Prefect <laughs> underscore timing on Twitter or uh, Mark at FanthaTracks if you want to drop me a line. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're there 24-7 pretty much. So it's uh, as we speak now, it is 10 past 3 in the morning. And I've got some stuff to post <laughs> before I go to bed. So, it, uh, it never stops. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I appreciate you coming on, man. I know that the time differences are so different for us. Um, so that's why I was like, man, I would, I'd love to get Mark on, but I, you know, I don't because I'm with my work schedule right now. I am under such a tight, uh, you know, time frame of when I can record and yeah. get stuff out and everything, yeah. you know. So dude, I, I like I cannot express enough how appreciative I am that you you came on and like I said staying up <laughs> so late. Oh, it's all good. I'm um, talking about Star Wars. I'm I'm happy. I'll, I'll stay up for this. Yeah, and like <laughs> and again, like I st- try to stress to people, you know, if Fanta Tracks is definitely one to pay attention to because you know I I feel like if you guys report it, it's you know it it needs to be paid. You know, uh, like you don't. Uh, throw out rumors lightly like uh, a lot of other people do and stuff so you know i it's definitely i think uh 
if as far as like just straight Star Wars uh, news websites, it's it's going to be your most reputable source for sure. And that's good to hear. That's nice to hear. Uh, but if, of course, if uh, anybody wants to to reach out to us here at, at MandoCast, you can just shoot an email to themandocast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at themandocast. Or if you want to find me personally, uh, I'm just over at Morris Isley on Twitter. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to thank everyone for listening. I uh, want you to remember to subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, you know, five stars are great, but. I don't. I don't think it matters. I think reviews are reviews, right? It just helps people uh, find the show. So I I appreciate that. Like you know, definitely kind words are always great. But hey, if you don't, that's not how you feel. You know, follow your bliss. You <laughs> you know, chew me out if you need to, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't let it get to me. Um, but again, uh, thank everybody for for listening. Mark, thank you so much for being on. It's been the show, and we'll catch you next week. 